Welcome to Which Game First. We have a special episode for you this week. It's a live show we recently did from DragonCon in Atlanta, where we talked about all things legacy games. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you next week with more reviews. Welcome, everybody, to Legacy Games. When, yeah. we, when we play Legacy Game, we like to start like this. Legacy Games. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> we just made that up. By the yeah. Way. First, uh, before we even start, I'm very curious because of how new Legacy Games are to the world of board gaming. How many people here have actually played? Everyone's going to queue you in. Here's right what we'd like. I'd like one clap from all, everyone when I lower my hand if you have actually played at least one Legacy game. Ready? Clap. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These Veterans. Are, yeah. Veterans. So we're preaching to the choir here. So yeah. it's, it's all of our jobs to bring the rest into the fold. When we leave here, hopefully we'll have some uh, tools to do that with. First, I want to introduce us. I am Celeste Angelist. We are all from Which Game First, a board game podcast. Go ahead, Ev. Yeah, Evan Bernstein. I am a co-host of Which Game First, the board game podcast. And also I'm a co-host of another podcast called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Uh, a few of you may have heard of that. Um, but I've been uh, also a game enthusiast, obviously, for a very long time. I've helped design some games. I've run some LARPs, uh, written some D20 books. Uh, among other things. I'm very happy to be here with my friends doing yeah. this. Hi, I'm uh, Ed Poblitis, um, longtime gamer and a game designer as well. Um, worked for Angry Duck Games and designed some board games and role-playing game stuff. <laughs> and I'm panel for which game first. Cool. And I'm Mike Grenier. I'm a game designer at Angry Duck Games also. Uh, we made a game called Student Bodies. Um, I'm also the editor and a panelist at uh, Which Game First and a game enthusiast since I was a little boy. <laughs> All, right. Yeah. All right, guys, good job. We're done with this card. So you know what happens. Hey. Hey. How'd it go? I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> we can never read it again. <laughs> Put it back together quick. <laughs> What are legacy games and why are we destroying them? So when we first started with legacy games. <laughs> oh yeah, good story. You'll, you'll learn a, who loves them and who is terrified of some of the aspects of them. Yeah, exactly. It's a love-hate relationship sometimes. Uh, the first time Mike and Ed played a legacy game, it was with uh, their friends from Angry Ducks and uh, Tim and Matt were there. And uh, when they had to tear up a card for the first time, they couldn't get it away from Ed. He wouldn't <laughs> give it up. They literally had to Why wrestle it. Why you a perfectly good card? I don't understand. He was like, can't we, he's like, can't we just tuck it away? And they're yeah. like, no, that's not how it works. Oh yeah, it was Seafall, by the way, if anybody's played Seafall. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, all right, good. <laughs> and I heard Mikey cried real oh, tears. Oh, I was, I was about to cry. So I, I was like asking a hundred questions like, well, do I have to tear it up? Can I just tuck it away somewhere? No, the game specifically instructs you to tear your first character in half. Gotta go by the yeah. rules. And Gotta we're role players. Rules. So, you know, we play a lot of D&D. &D. So to, to write, to get the character sheet for your character and then just go, I'm supposed to just kill him off, destroy him and move on? No, I couldn't do it. I had to, but I did it. Yeah, eventually. there's a purpose. There's a purpose. There are benefits that we will reap from destroying. So a legacy game is an ongoing or serialized game. 
Uh huh. Meaning you keep coming back for keep episode two, episode three. Episodes. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. a lot more episodic. It also means you need a group of friends that are willing to keep going with you, which can kind of be tough sometimes. You guys have a tough time sometimes uh, getting your crowd together to play these legacies? Yeah, you have to really choose, right, choose some committed people to before you get into this. Right to, to say, okay, this is a journey we're about to take. So, are you along for this ride? Buckle up. Got to get the same people together. Getting a band together. Not all friends uh, are qualified for that. So, you got to choose your people wisely. Yeah, and be ready, right? Because there's narrative elements. So, in unlike a regular board game where there may be a story that is the backdrop or the setting for the game, this one you're actually going through the narrative. The story is with you the whole time and changes as you go. So not only do you need to get your friends together, you need to be able to put up with them for a long time. And the story <laughs> unfolds as you play the game. Yep. Yeah, and the uh, story unfolds and as you And you kind of get to be, uh, you join in with like, if you're a D&D player, you get to be part of like what the GM does, which is you build the world together with that too. And it has, it changes each time it's played, so. Mm -hmm. We'll get. We'll talk more about that in Hopefully a little bit. Hopefully, it upgrades and gets cooler. Each time. Yeah. Well, that's what you're hoping. <laughs> build upon it. So build, build, yeah. build. Unless you really mess up, then you're spending the next well. uh, couple parts of your tree <laughs> trying we to get, get some back more of that ripping we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> and player decisions. You got to live with them. They lead to permanent changes. You can't go back. Wait, you can't go back. No. There's no, no going back. There's no do-overs. No mulligans. No. no. No scotch tape at the table. But lots of regrets. Oh, we should have made that other decision. Now look where we are. How yeah. funny would it be if a legacy game present joke came with some scotch tape as, well as, part, as one of its components? I would be. Oh, but the scotch tape would have to be revealed in a sealed box that you have earned. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Very good. Very good. You have to earn the scotch tape. As a game mechanic, it's like a, ooh, a quick one-time rewind where you can yeah. say, I missed that one It's just a piece up. of scotch tape. One piece. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just it. That's it. Maybe you can earn another one later in one of your sealed boxes. Oh. Is that the equivalent of a time? Time travel? Yeah, it, yeah. I guess it's got to be, right? Oh, okay, stop. My design brain is going crazy right now. Oh, my design, <laughs> designs games in his sleep. Oh, okay, yes. he sleeps, dreams, oh, no. game design. Literally, nightmares, really. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Night terrors. I'm sleeping and I'm playing a game that doesn't exist yet and I'm trying to win and failing miserably, but I'm going, wow, that was an interesting uh, mechanic. And I wake up and I got the notebook next to the bed and I'm jotting down all the notes. Does anybody else have those kind of nightmares? Anyone else? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk later, we'll talk later. It'll be a nice little, uh, little therapy group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can start a group. Hi, I'm Mikey, hi, Mike. Uh, I've been designing games in my sleep for 10 years now. How <laughs> oh, was that? Only 10 years. Oh, no, actually, like, I'm not going to reveal my age, but I'll say it's several decades. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So we know legacy games are new. They are not your daddy's board game. Uh, and I don't know if uh, my dad would be okay with writing on the cards, but we know that marking cards is a big thing. Um, what was your most fun experience marking a card? I know mine. Um. Well, I mean, actually, you have a good example on the board. Yeah, uh, right there. This is we didn't play this. We didn't play this at all. all right, I want to know how many people. Have played. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's take again. When I drop my hand, we want to know how many people have played. We didn't play test this at all. Ready? Go. Okay. I'm yeah, right. more than I actually expected. Now, if you want the fastest party game on the planet, it's right there. We didn't play this at all. Yeah. But they made a legacy version of it. Actually, I think kind of before it was really legacy, they had you, like before legacy was even a thing almost, they had you writing on the cards. I mean, it was new early, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Early on, it's a legacy. aspect of a legacy yeah. game. But yeah. the funniest thing about this game is how easy would it 
must it have been to make this a legacy game? Literally, it just comes with a sharpie, right? And that's yeah. all you oh, need to make it a legacy device. game. <laughs> yeah, you write your name on the card on certain cards too, and you become immune to them later on when you play the game the next time. Or uh, you'll draw like a, like everybody has to draw a little picture of either cake or I don't I can't. I, I'm not going to tell you all the yeah. Calm down. Like, yeah. so no, it spo- just, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> it just goes to show that a legacy game does not have to be super complex. Yeah. Placing stickers. We all love placing stickers. This is a picture of Charterstone. Uh, it is my hands down favorite. Uh, let's hear right now. Who here has actually played Charterstone? Ready? Clap. Yes. Yeah. Charterstone. How good is that game? That is a great game. Yeah. yeah. That is, it, it's Absolute delight. It also is the game I have enjoyed marking the cards most because you get to write your characters' names on the cards. So I think oh. I was Lord Chubbo of Plump a Lot because I had the, <laughs> the chubby group. Something I love about this too is that put, see, putting a sticker on something, it feels like you're building something. You know, mm-hmm. you're adding something to the game. Well, in Charterstone, you really are. Yeah, you yeah. really are. Oh yeah, the whole is game is changing. Clean, a, a clean plate. And one of the advancements of Charterstone is that um, a lot of a lot of legacy games that one of the issues is you can't um, play it again. Right. So Charterstone kind of solves that problem by the time you're done, you've actually built the game and it has become a worker placement game mm-hmm. that you can keep on. Playing. And then you just play it in its final mode as many times as you want. And the board flips so you can actually do it one more time. too. Yeah, we'll talk about that yeah, we'll as talk well. About that. So yeah. unlike the stickers, you know, when you destroy a component, I feel like you're tearing something down. You're taking something away from the game. A lot of times it's not really in the end, you know, like that. It's not the end result, but it feels so dirty just to destroy something you paid all that money for. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> a tough part. So opening up those sealed boxes and those packs. That is It's Christmas. It is. It's so many, it's so many things. You've you've won a prize. You've, you know, you you've unlocked an achievement. You've done something. You've earned it. Yeah. Right? You you feel a sense of accomplishment when you get to a point where you can finally, yes, I did something and now I get to unseal this and see exactly what's inside. The only And you don't know. You don't know. More often than not, you're rewarded though. Yeah, yeah, but the one downside to that for me is that you open box A and then you never open box B. Yeah. So you got Ooh. this mysterious thing sitting on the side that you never get to see. Oh. Can't touch it. Okay. <laughs> one of the other advanced, I mean, one of the other great things about these sealed packages, especially with Charterstone, is for a person like me, and I have a confession, I am cripply, cripplingly impatient. Like, I am so impatient. I cannot sometimes sit through Ed reading us the rules at the beginning of a game, or sometimes even a five minute video about how to play it is too much for me. I'm like, uh, let's just start rolling dice. When you're watching videos, times two speed is your friend. Yeah. Okay, just, sure. remember, just remember that. That's what for I sure. So what's great about a lot of these legacy games is the rules, you don't have to know them all to begin with, and the rules are revealed as you go. So you can start to play much sooner, which is a, Utter relief for somebody like me. Oh gosh! I mean, try try to when you're playing a game like Twilight Imperium. I mean, how big is that rule book? And you have what you you have to devote an hour, two hours of your time, basically reading it and absorbing it all before you even start playing. So let me introduce you to some GMT games. (laughs) But Twilight Imperium Legacy, where the rule book is heavier than the components. But as the but as the rules unfold as the game plays, that I I I so love that. That may be one of my favorite features of a Legacy Mm -hmm. game. 
yeah, it's great that you don't have to rely on your one friend who knows all the rules or knows how to read a rule book and, and tell every uh, say everybody's going to point to somebody in here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, why are you pointing at me? Hey. But it's great because they don't get to really own the game on, you know, you're all learning it together, which is mm -hmm. great. It gives all the legacy games a yes. low bar for entry. And, and some of the rules are just not there until you play the game. Right. They can change. They're unknowable. Yeah. So for somebody, for us, like when we have a uh, Nancy know-it-all like Ed, who really knows how to play the games, right? Nancy. Coming into them, he's just got the strategy down pat. Forget about playing a worker placement game with him. I mean, he is perfectly balanced. So he is... It levels the playing field for people like us when, you know, we we don't read 15 strategy guides before we play games. Sorry. You know, um, so that that's a wonderful thing about legacy games that I really love. So which legacy games came first? Um, mm. <laughs> before there were legacy games, there was. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, okay, How? sign it. No, I don't have to do this. <laughs> do, do I have to? How about this? I'm going to do it this way. When I when I lower my hand, if anyone is, wow, can't believe I'm saying this. Anyone has not played Dungeons and Dragons, clap. Thank, oh my gosh. Is that right? Is that for real? <laughs> Are you guys sure you're in the right That's room? That's for real. <laughs> wow, I'm actually, yeah. It's two people right. It's amazing. They have played RPGs. Okay, oh, all right. Okay, fair enough. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, okay. Yeah, we kind of wrapped them all together. Role-playing game. Wow. All right. <laughs> Surprise. Nice. I would like to know how many people think that Legacy Games owes something to Dungeons yes. and Dragons. Yes, okay. To, to, to role -play. If you If you yourself believe there is the direct link from the Dungeons and Dragons to from the role, RPGs role to Legacy Games. RPGs to Legacy Games. Ready? Clap. All right. Okay, yeah. we're on the we're on the right. same page with you there. <laughs> so, the... Oh, yeah, Someone wanted to make a comment I'm right here. Curious, do, you, do you think they also draw equal inspiration to things like Magic Gathering and other Equal inspiration. Maybe some inspiration, but I mean D and D you play a campaign for ten years, the world changes, your characters evolve. So I think magic, yeah, there's some stuff in there. Pokemon too, they have the little evolution situation happening, but I wouldn't mind ripping up some magic gathering cards. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 definitely. So the very first one was by a designer called Rob Daviau, who yeah. after designing the wildly popular um, Risk 2210, uh, came up with the idea for the very first Legacy game and even coined the phrase Legacy with it. And that was Risk Legacy, which was pretty popular. Uh, and that was year 2011? Yes, yeah. 2011. So yeah. Relatively new. Yeah, so legacy board games have only been around less than a decade, and I mean that is just mind-boggling. In, in a way, in a way, it is. Yeah. If they had called it like Risk Epic, we'd be talking about Epic Games. Yes, we would. <laughs> so Rob got to pick the word that we're all going to use now, and um, there's less than 30 published full-on legacy games out there. So this is a really new field. Um, after Risk Legacy he, and that success, he went on to design the wildly popular Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, look at that. I want to know, how many people have actually played Pandemic Legacy? Let's see. If you played Pandemic Legacy, clap. Yeah. Hi, yeah, good number of people, yep. yeah. And I can tell by how hard each clap was that you guys probably <laughs> yeah. 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 I haven't gotten to play yet because my cool group of friends 
played it without me. Not this cool group of no, friends, no. my other. My, my, yeah. So they played it without me, and I just had to wait and wait until they were done. And now they've already played it. Yeah, but, they keep on telling us how great it was. Yeah, and how it's amazing. Keep... God, you guys should play it sometime. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. We were busy, all right? Thanks, former friends. Did you have a comment here in the front row? I was just surprised by 2011 um, and mm -hmm. lunchtime, the card game, when my kids were little. Mm -hmm. So we'd get the little booster packs, and you'd use one, and it would say, okay, and then when you're done, rip it up. Before before this, there was elements, you know, little pieces of a legacy game. But I think this is the first one where they brought all those elements together and really made it its own category. And added yeah. it to the narrative, you know, a, a full-on narrative storyline. Good so point forth. about Munchkin. Someone wanted to make a comment back here too. So you're asking, do you think legacy games have to end? And do you think a booster pack or a refill? And there, there are some legacy games that have those. Do you think that's some kind of an adulteration and therefore it's not a legacy then? Well, I mean, I, the, the designers of Ultimate Werewolf would probably disagree since they made refill packs for their legacy game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, filling it as that's a just a way of, of playing it a, again. I think most of the, the legacy games, and there may be a couple exceptions, but most of them have a beginning and an end. And the refill pack would allow you to play it a second time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, that's a great evolution because it makes me so sad to see something just fully end that you love. So getting a refill or a restart pack like that, or having what Charterstone does is let you play the game in its final state more afterwards. I think those are awesome uh, compromises. That and also, if you notice, Pandemic Legacy is listed as season one. They made a whole new season to tell a whole new story in season two. Yeah. But that in itself is a standalone legacy yeah. game, yeah. as opposed mm -hmm. to like a booster or something. So yeah, it stretches the boundaries maybe, but I think they're still all in the legacy family. Oh, me too. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. And <laughs> yeah. we and but we're gonna leave a lot, plenty of time for all questions and yeah. answers at the end, which we invite everyone please to stay because we would love to hear what you have to say about these things. So yeah, do. don't feel like you have to get your uh, questions in as we go along, you know, uh, unless it's something you know really, really super important that we've missed. <laughs> yeah. And boom, speaking of boom. Yeah. So <laughs> what are the best legacy games to try? Okay, so first we're gonna talk about Gloomhaven because it's one of our favorites. And a lot of people seem to think so because it ranked number one on Board Game Geek. Yeah. For legacy games, yeah. And um, it also goes harkens back to our roots, which is Dungeons and Dragons. I think we all met at the RPG table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got a so, fantastical uh, character and you have cool special abilities that nobody else has. And completely different ways to manipulate your deck. Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> I, I get excited. <laughs> yeah, blue, and the sheer size of the of game, the mm -hmm. scale of the game, the components are just the shipping high cost. production value. The shipping <laughs> cost—it's <laughs> cool. It epic. Herniation <laughs> risk. You're a player. You're your own dungeon master. You're a little bit of everything in the in the Gloomhaven game, and you know I I like that uh, in in role, other role playing games, D and D, and other things. You know, you're you're your one thing, and then you're kind of waiting for other events to 
formula, you know, affect what you, it is you are going to do, what you're going to do next. And there is a lot of wait time. I, find, I found with Gloomhaven, I wasn't waiting for a darn thing. I was actively involved every step of the way through, as were we all. One of the cool uh, first things I saw in Gloomhaven is that they actually incorporate a way to retire a character. Oh. So, oh, this, this, I'm done with this guy. <laughs> I'm going to start a new character. And it's cool because it unlocked new classes that are not available at the start. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of different ways to alter the game. It's not just like, oh, sticker. It's like the map is changing, you're altering your deck, you're retiring characters. So it, it really embraces the legacy concept. Great game, though. <laughs> and you don't rip then, anything up. Yeah, there's very yeah, important. Destruction is, like, is <laughs> no more limited in that game. Yeah. So I, I was surprised when I played this game, Werewolf Legacy. The reason I wanted to try it was because it was a party game. It has an insane amount of players for what I thought would be, you know, an unmanageable amount for a legacy game. So I really wanted to try it out. Um, it turned out at a party in a party setting, it is quite a good game in that it um it comes with a really neat prop which is this big suede book that you get to open <laughs> as diary. essentially the game master yeah, right the diary. yeah and you're reading the story as you go so it does have some great setting elements to it um but this is a type of game that isn't that like world of components like gloomhaven is and a lot of you guys have probably played crazy. werewolf already mm-hmm. uh, yeah, should ask who's played Werewolf yet. Yeah, let's uh, do a little uh, sample here. Who's Who has played, played Werewolf, Werewolf Legacy? Legacy? Go ahead, clap. Now, who played regular Werewolf, Werewolf though? Right, regular Werewolf, clap. Okay, okay. Cool. okay. So, yep, um, you're still playing Werewolf, <laughs> in case you want to try the Legacy version. Um, it slowly adds in some of those components that, like, Ultimate Werewolf has, plus there's choices that you make, and your whole village is still going to die. Uh, so it's, <laughs> so it's the werewolf. Yeah, I mean, um, no, um, it's not like you're playing the same characters throughout, but there are family names that are maintained throughout the game. So it has kind of a legacy feel as in either the next generation of your family or something like that. We haven't yes. played that many episodes of it yet, yeah. so I don't know where it's it, going to go. Either. It's gone. So, yeah, that's another thing, too, about when we're going to make recommendations, you know, a lot of these games if we play them especially with legacy yeah, we're part of the way through because we yeah. do a podcast every week so we played a couple hundred games a year and uh how many what does the number work out to per year 52 150 just a year. for the show yeah just right. for the show just Not so when we yeah. want to get back to our legacy games which we do yeah so we play one or two episodes of the legacy and then we don't know where it's going to go either that is one of the <laughs> risks of legacy games is, yeah, not getting back to them thank you i see what you're doing um but we but we really were curious about a party style legacy yeah. game and that is even a newer concept different and, than gloomhaven in that there is a dungeon master per se yeah, right. so someone does have to not assume you know one of the character roles someone that is running the game uh, the opportunities for role-playing here, if you are a role-playing aficionado, are huge, huge. Um, someone asked how many people it plays. It's like... Oh, uh, 8 to 16? Uh, 16. Uh, I think you have to have 9. 8 players, 1 moderator, and it goes up from there, yeah. yeah. So getting a 9-group together to start with is pretty tough. But, uh, but if you can get a big group, you can go all the way up to 16. And each chapter, which is you know essentially a game, each chapter only takes an hour. So if you are going to play of a night, you could probably get through three or four chapters. Yep. And you can actually, um, you don't have to play with all the same characters. You can switch out the number and, and of players each chapter. Yes, you yeah, can pass out different yeah. family member cards so yeah. that different people can play. Good right. amount of flexibility with this right. game. 
Yep. Not absolutely. stuck getting 15 people together every single time through the entire thing. So yeah. Right. Who here knows 15 people? I know. <laughs> you do now. <laughs> um, Actually, uh, Rob Davio is one of the designers of this game too. So you know, is this same one? Anything. Just about all. Every legacy <laughs> game. <laughs> Rob, are you, Rob, are you here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> and our personal favorite, I yeah. want to say, yeah, or at least mine, Charter Stone. Um, boy, oh boy, I loved the theme, the storyline. The idea that you can share spaces, even though it's like a worker placement game, so you don't have to, everybody doesn't hug the space and then block everybody else. So the griefer has a harder time in this game, the, the person who wants to cause yep. grief for everybody else. So that's a really delightful feeling when you're playing. It is definitely the game that I had the most squeak moments, you know, where you're like, oh, what another thing that's new? So it was just a, a pure delight. Every minute I played something interesting, something new, something fun. Um, and even when it was somebody else's turn, you know, you're fully engaged because it's a new discovery about to happen. So okay. many stickers. So many, so many oh, stickers. stickers. Okay, so galore. also we got sticker stories, right? Yeah, we do. And we get to <laughs> aggravate Ed with stickers all the time. So, you know, Ed is like a rules nerd. Ed has confessed that he goes to bed the with the rule book as his nighttime reading. <laughs> so, you know, it's a different kind yeah. of level. Got some of people clap if you read the rule book. Right. Clap if you read the rule book at, oh, at no, night before you go to bed. Yeah, some clap. Right. Yeah. Now, also, part, part of this but, is Ed's very particular about, you know, the neatness of, of how the game gets put away and everything. You know, resorting all the cards at the end of any game, right? So that you put the game away so that you can pull it back out and start. Way we can start it up I, faster I, next time, you know? Totally get that. Totally get that. But part of that, Ed, also, is that when you place a sticker on something, you must get it right within the margins of the boundary of the sticker. And if it's just made. That's why they have little, those borders there for so you to stick that. it inside the line. I get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you guys feeling me out there? This is a permanent game all right so please do your friends like me and ed a favor get those stickers right into the margins please but there are other people who may not be so particular about the margins and other things and the sticker might not quite go on exactly ever it's there the rule is there you can read it okay yeah haven't haven't conquered completely you're just there for the tears right yeah yeah she, um, yeah, she tried to say it's hard for people to to give grief in this game, but that's the way to do it. Yeah, here's what I was going to. I didn't get the chance to do it because what I was hoping I was going to draw a card that had a rule sticker. What I was going to do, Ed, sorry, I was, I was going to tear the sticker in half and then place half of the sticker on and then the other half of the sticker on, just so it's a little off the horror in the face. When I drop my here. hand, when I drop my hand, clap if you think he's a monster. <laughs> more of a, maybe more of a sadist than a monster. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man, I would have loved that. That would have been How so great good. would that have been? <laughs> All right, so let's find out. Are they actually worth it, right? Um, we're going to talk about the pros first of legacy games. It's a changing game, so it's always a new story. There's no stagnation. It doesn't become boring as quickly, right? It's, uh, it sure isn't Monopoly, right? <laughs> or what we like to call monotony. It's not that game. So, yeah. what's that, Celeste? You want to you want a sample of who's played Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's lost a friend over Monopoly would be a bad. Oh, yeah. I thought that is a good question. I like that question. Who here has lost a friend over Monopoly? Ready? Clap. 
Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's about right. Was it because you asked them to play again? So there are new discoveries. I mean, gosh, I just, I wanted to elbow Evan out of the way when he had a chance to pull out cards of the Charterstone box. And I'm like, here, Ev, I'll do it for you. Because new discoveries are so exciting. How about when I unlocked one of my crates and got to open one of my crates? <laughs> Seriously, this is this, this was the so reaction. Good. Or that time I pull a box out and you're like, what? There's a box? You know, oh, box. Sometimes it wasn't a card. It was a box, a whole box. <laughs> So good. Uh, every turn is Christmas in Charterstone. Yes, it is. Every turn is Christmas. Um, so community. I mean, this is also one of my favorite things about legacy games and role-playing games in general, right? You you build a sense of community and you can kind of leave your troubles at the door. Yeah, it's a shared experience. Yeah, it's a shared experience, but more, even more than a board game. It's because it takes you through a story. And that that builds relationships in a way that a regular board game simply doesn't. And that's why a lot of them kind of tend to be cooperative, you know, because it's just the, the, that marriage is pretty natural between these kind of games. So. But not all. Shutterstone isn't. No, it isn't. No, it's not cooperative. It's competitive. But boy, is it exciting. <laughs> yeah, you're still very interested in what you're in what the other players are doing. Oh, yeah. There, there isn't a moment where you're not focused on what's going on. That's why they're going to give out more Because stuff. even though it's competitive, every discovery is a treat that you could possibly partake in later. So that is what's delightful about it. Absolutely. Um, goals just beyond winning. So like an RPG where there really is no winner, um, these kinds of games encourage making choices for the story sometimes over for the victory point, right? So that is, I think, a really nice expansion to the concept of board gaming. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I had a, an experience in Gloomhaven where we just kind of decided how to role play the characters that we chose. And we, we thought one of the outcomes would be better than the other, but we chose the one that wasn't as good because that's what our characters would have done. So yeah. it gives you a lot of opportunity to do that in a lot of these games. So. Okay. Good stuff. Really quick, we're going to buzz through the cons because there aren't any. No, but like, so. Uh, Look at that angry meeple. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> angry you know, you can only play once, right? So that is, you're, you're dumping a lot of money on a Gloomhaven box. Um, so to only play it once is, is kind of sad. But if you think about it, you're not really dumping that much money into it because a lot of board games will sit on the shelf after you play them once or twice. Sure. These things here, you're going to get 12, 15 uses out of them. Yeah, I think you have to quantify it in the number of hours of enjoyment you're going to get out of any game. And if you were to divide that up into the cost that you're investing in, in the game itself, I think you'll find your return on investment on these turn out to be very much more beneficial than, than negative. And that's what got me over the hump of ripping cards up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I when you play, especially if you have a family that you play with, right? So you're buying for your family, and if I took my family of five to the movies, I'd be spending almost as much as it cost me to go to, to buy up a Gloomhaven box, and I'm going to get a lot more hours of entertainment out of Gloomhaven. <laughs> Lasting regrets. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. So the decisions. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. Remember that time we decided to be greedy. Well, coming back to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a couple of ways lasting regrets uh, manifest when playing. Choices that you've made that you can never go back from. The boxes you never got to open. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, you're, you're paying for something that you'll never open. I mean, that, that is a bit cringeworthy, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or, you know. Horrifying, Mike? <laughs> is that what I cannot like a sealed On a box. scale of cringeworthy to horrifying. I can't have a sealed box or a sealed package of anything in my house for too long. This guy here buys a box of, like, Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah, has the Mac. And then they're just sitting in his closet sealed for, like, a month. <laughs> I come over and I see a sealed box of Magic cards. I'm like, what are you doing? There's all kinds of awesome mysteries to uncover in here. You're just leaving them in the closet. Just to annoy you. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> I do. I, I leave myself vulnerable to these guys all picking on me all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, new players can't join. So a lot of legacy games, you're stuck with whoever you started with. So most, pick most carefully. Of the time, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, Ultimate Werewolf is a great option where you can have other people join. Yeah, there's other games that modify that very well, too. Like Shutterstone has the ability, even though it's up one to six players, there's spots for all six players, and they have rules for one player to join later if you want. Right, so you could start the game with four and then move up to six. You mm -hmm. can never, you can't switch them out so much, but at least you can add them if you didn't have the uh, maximum amount to start with. And I'd just like to say, uh, we don't really know Rob Daviau. We don't have any stock in the company that has started selling. <laughs> I know we mentioned a lot, but we really love it. <laughs> only because you designed about half the legacy games. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, there's <laughs> only 30 games. Hang on, guys, I'm getting a text from Rob now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my next game. And of course, cost. But I think we we ultimately talked about that and uh, yep. and how you can you can open your wallet and not feel sad. Yeah, you it. invest early, but you know the, the lasting uh, enjoyment you get out of it is definitely worth it. I think. <clears throat> okay, so you can. Um, learn more about legacy games, you know, on our website and also on uh, Board Game Geek. If you're not familiar with that, that is an awesome resource for board gamers. It taught it is an incredible forum for board gaming in general. Um, we would love to have people come up. If anybody has any questions, Q and A, comments, right anything aisle. like that, step right up to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool! Uh, Hello. Cool. Yes. Hello, Riddler. Oh, it's not there, there might be a squish yeah. on it. I don't. I think it might be a squish on it because the battery one. That's okay. Right. Yay! There you go. Oh, legacy unlocked. <laughs> so, um, one of our favorite games in the sort of genre is the Battle for Hogwarts, okay. um, oh. which isn't really technically like. Yes. Game, but I just want to get your guys' kind of opinion on you know undoable legacy games. I'm yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> there, there's actually a whole bunch of games called uh, basically campaign games, yeah. where they're not really legacy games because they're, the components aren't changing in any way. They're not destroying them. You can reset the, the zero anytime you want to. But they like there are a lot of games where you take, gather a party together and take on a campaign, and it has a lot of the same elements. I was actually going to ask something similar, which was do you consider like Kingdom Death? How did you know to ask Ed? <laughs> I do love Dice Forge. Yes. Wait, yeah. Ed, go yeah. ahead. He's free. So my, what was the question one time? Packed up. What was the most, what was the game you most enjoyed packing up? Is that right? The, re the yeah. repack. The repack. Ah, packing up. I mean... Let's see. Twilight Imperium is always awesome, man. It's yeah. So many bits. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, I just saw a picture of a, a Twilight game today where they had a table, you know, 
you know how yeah, if you play it, you know. But man, bits on every single corner of the table. Mm-hmm. Great game though. But yeah, pack yeah. up, have fun. I'm the guy. Who, <laughs> by the way, I'm the guy who. Uh, Soon as the game ends, I don't know what the instinct is in me, but I get up from the table immediately as the game ends, and I have to do something else very important for a few minutes. I oh, but hey, Mike, I've never seen you stay through the reboxing. Never. Oh my gosh, you've admitted nobody gets up faster you've admitted than Mike. You're terrible when it comes to rebox. It's, it's instinct. I just do it. I don't know <laughs> I'm sure you guys all have probably at least one friend that's the uh, never helps pack up. <laughs> that's Mike. Oh, definitely. Oh, um, nothing. Cooks. Yeah, I cook, actually. That's he true. Right. Yeah, he is a good cook. <laughs> He's a good cook. So, yeah, we, we, give, we give him a break there. Before we move on to the next question, um, I'd like to know by, by a single clap again, who here has watched a video of the unboxing of a game? If you've watched a video. Ready? Okay. All right. Now, here's a follow-up question to that. This is Evan's idea. Wait for it. Because <laughs> this, is, this, is my, this is my brainchild. I'm so I'm so proud. So do me do me proud here. Who would watch a video of the reboxing of a game? Ready? Thank you. Yes. All right. Justified. Million dollar idea. Justified. So you you may see that coming very soon. And as a which game first? Put it back in the dark. Box. Is it like a movie condo thing where you just want to like? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's therapeutic, right? Yeah. It's okay. up. Nice and that's right. That's right. A tutorial. Because I don't remember how this thing came undone. How do I put it back? In? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's right. Hi. Upcoming your future Yes, I'm glad you asked. I happen to have. Have to tear it up when you're done. No, well, yeah. Uh, so uh, there are a couple that are on the rise. Uh, not one, that many. So not there that are many. opportunities out there for you game desires. We uh, need more legacy uh, games. Vampire the Masquerade Heritage is uh, due to come out within, I think, the next year or so. Kickstarter is happening as we speak. Shapes 700 years of vampiric and human history from the years 1300 into the 1900s. It looks looks pretty epic, and uh, we're looking forward to that one. And also, maybe even more so, terraforming Mars. Yes, did you see the open mouths, the jaws hit the ground? I know, I did the same thing. That game was dying for a legacy game. Uh, it was. <laughs> That's one. Uh, shut up and take my money. That, that, exactly right. <laughs> Where you sign me up right now for that one. That's coming out one to two years from now. Um, a couple of others that we don't have exact dates on, or they're not saying. Uh, there's, a, there's a game called Zombie Legacy. Not sure if anyone's read anything about that. That one got underway a little while ago, like two years ago. Not quite there yet, but yeah. they say it's going to be a 10-episode uh, series. Um, you, you are going to play the same character throughout. What happens when you die? I don't know if you become like one of the zombie horde or something. Maybe. Uh, and it's co-op. And it's co-op. Uh, so obviously, you know, because you're you're the survivors and you're fighting off the zombies and who here doesn't love the zombie genres. So that's good. Now, there's another one I want to mention uh, because this one we're not quite sure about. It's called Chronicles One Origins. Maybe you've heard of this because this one, the Kickstarter for it started in 2016. And they actually said that they were playtesting it as of 2016, 2017. But there hasn't been much news on it lately. And some people online have been asking, what's where where is this in the? In the, in yeah, the process. It may have fallen apart. Uh, it may have fallen apart. They may have shelved it. They may have realized that there are too many problems with the game that they can't, you know, get it to, to a point. Yeah, and that, and that, definitely does, that does happen. And that goes also to the point why, why there are so few legacy games right now. We're, we're, we're of the opinion that a lot have been designed, but 
somewhere along the line because there's so many parts to moving it, pieces yeah, i mean that it, 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 that at some point it breaks down and they're unable to complete it i would imagine there are hundreds of these but yeah. only only 40 so far have actually made it to market so really really tough product to I, I mean imagine trying to play test that yeah yeah to play test it to to pay for it you know to pay for the components and and Think about the shipping. Hold on. I think the takeaway here is terraforming Mars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> terraforming Mars would be one. All right. Could you all count to three for me as we uh, go ahead? Because this is the legacy panel. We are going to destroy this together. <laughs> Give me the countdown. Ready? One, three, two, two, two one. one. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Yes. Thanks for your help. Okay. We can take the next question. Legacy game that is going to be a hard, hard one. I don't know. I mean, I have to say, I mean, my preference for legacy games is a sit down campaign feeling, you know, game like Gloomhaven or really exciting like Charge. Ultimate Werewolf, I'm going to say a party game. Does it need to be a legacy game? Probably not. Like, I don't think it, it really jives with the idea of a party game concept. So for me, I would. I would not necessarily recommend it, you know, unless you're a hardcore party gamer. For me, um, I, I mean, I haven't gotten far in this one yet, but Seafall was kind of like all over the place. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, like I said, I don't want to, it's, it's tough because I don't want to give my judgment and maybe they'll reveal some awesome, you know, M. Night Shyamalan level twist later right. on that's going to make it awesome. But like. I, I thought he's a, all right. Oh no! Wait, wait! I, no, wait, wait! I just want to clarify. I think he's a hack. So sorry. But, <laughs> yeah, no. Problem. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Um, any recommendations for good two-player? Mm. Uh, well, Gloomhaven's a one to six. Yeah, you could play it by yourself. You can. Okay. <laughs> okay. What, what is your jam? What, what type of game do you like in general? I like co-op with a part of two people, so I know that. That was the first one I thought of because uh, Shutterstone you can play one to two, I mean one to six, but I think I'll fine, play fine with two. And uh, it, even though it's competitive, two was good. Which one? Yeah. Charters, yes. oh, there you go with two people. Yeah, yeah I mean, shoot, I'd play that game alone. Re- yeah, but I would cheat and I would open everything if it was by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Did she say card games too? Did she say she was into card games, or did I mishear that? I, I didn't. Because I have that. a card game right yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you want some other, talk to us afterwards. We'll talk about some other games recommendations. Hello. Hello. Uh, two quick comments and questions. So, kind of answer what she was saying. Yeah, I actually talked to those guys at the last fig or at the last um uh um, the other comment I forgot to mention the other day, for those of like to listen to soundtracks while you play game, there's an excellent little site called Mellow Dice. 
M E L O D I C E dot com. Put in the name of the board game and it gives you a generated playlist. It curates per board game? It does. That's adorable. So that is really neat. And then my question uh, so because legacy games, you make them, one of the things that's great is you make them your own. You're right, right? Yes. Yeah. Things, that's it. Names, all these inside jokes, game feels hits. And oh yeah! I was curious if, based on a game, a board that you modified that way, have you framed or hung any of them and displayed them in your homes? Wow! We have. I haven't, but yeah. we've hung other stuff. But we, yeah, we we will yeah. when we when yeah. now that you've mentioned it. Uh, that's actually a great idea. I mean, I would hang up Charterstone if if it wasn't a game that I could play again, which I will play again. <laughs> Did we mention that we like Charterstone here? C H A R T E R S T O N E. Hello. Uh, hi, so um, I, I'm really interested in the history of legacy games, and uh, one thing that uh, I really recommend anyone check out, you can't actually play it anymore, it's not in production, but there's a game in 1993 called uh, Battle Cards, which is, in my opinion, the first true legacy game. Ooh. Because it was, a, it, it was like a battling-style card game, like Magic the Gathering, only it had scratch-off markers on all of the characters and quests. And as you battle each other, you Wait. literally scratch off like you use a coin, you use a coin. Yeah, Charterstone had had that as well. It does. Yeah, it has it does. scratch off. The scratch on feature it, yeah. is cool. They originally had a mail-in service where after you completed quests, you scratch off one of the treasure markers. On oh my gosh! And mail it in for little cardboard. Oh, oh games by mail. Wow. Like it's not something you can really play anymore because obviously that didn't last very long. But I think it's a really interesting thing for anyone who wants to know about the history of this sort of game. Yeah. A predecessor, that, that's a precursor. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. Battle Thank you. Battle, battle cards. cards. Thank you very much. That's cool. Good, good trivia Scratch there. Off. Hi. Hey, hey. So I'm curious. Every, a lot of people talk about the problem with a limited number of players of like games, but I see a lot of board gamers talking about how few times they play their games, and often, you know, on, on Reddit or forums, just see people challenging, you know, like the ten by ten foot a year. You know, play play ten games ten times. And, 10 is actually kind of considered a high number of plays for games. How much yeah. do you think that's actually a perception problem? And how much do you think it's actually an issue of people having well, fewer game sessions available than they would like to play? I mean, there's so many games out there, right? How many games are being published a year now? Thousands. Thousands. So there's so many games now. It's kind of like Netflix or, you know, other TV where you end up, boy, I have forgotten which games, you know, which ones I started. So... Um, there's an interesting thing about clarification that you mentioned that board game geek has been working on the problem of trying to get people to differentiate, um, reviews that they post with what they want to call session reports that they post. So that is a way to help all of us sort of understand just how much experience someone has with the game before they start talking about it. So if you post a session report and use that language, you're supposed to, you're expected to have only played once. It's a report on that session. So you're, you're, you have that level of knowledge about it as opposed to a review, which they would prefer you have at least, you know, four or five multiple playthroughs. And, and to your point, I think um, there is a psychological barrier there. It's like, oh, I can only play this thing once and then it's not good anymore. I think you're right. Most people probably don't play a game more than a dozen times in general. But there's a psychological factor. It's like, well, for some people, they can buy a game and if they don't like it, they can return it or give it, you know, sell it off to someone else because it's essentially still the same game. 
if you played, I don't know, Shutterstone and, and got, uh, you know, three plays in, they can't, you know, restart the game without getting a, a refill pack. Swap it or pass it. You can't do anything yeah, with it yeah. when you go to game cons and stuff. I think if they so took that's probably the one thing that's kind of different yeah. about it. I think if they took the challenge of going through their big shelfy area and just put a little tag on each game of how many times they played it, they'd realize they're going to get more bang for their buck out of the, uh, yeah, out of the lakes. Well, sure, there's someone like, what if it has 100 quests in it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You play going in 100 times. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I mean, now you well, some people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there they are over there. We got the designers back here. <laughs> nice. Thank you very much. That's a good question. Thank you. Hello. Hello. I've, um, I've, seen, I've been seeing Legacy like, Game Board Games Source for a while, and I uh, couldn't get an immediate answer to what they meant, but. As a software developer, I literally thought it meant outdated. Archives. A classic. Uh, Interesting. The question is, if you had a chance to rename the genre anything other than legacy. Epic. <laughs> yeah, epic. <laughs> epic. Epoch. Saga. Saga would be good, yeah. Yeah, any one of those that makes it feel like a a long journey right. to a really cool... Yeah, you're absolutely right. Legacy is... A misnomer for sure. Okay. Yeah. You're not yeah, you're not yeah. crazy. Nope. You're not taking crazy. No, nope, that's a good question. Thank you. Thanks, Hello. Rob Davio, for that one. <laughs> yeah, Rob. Ruin the word. So I just finished uh playing through Pandemic Legacy. It was great. Um, but one of my favorite things about sort of the genre in general is that it rewards you for getting better at the game. You mm -hmm. know, you, you get game skills, you know, you can play the game more efficiently and then they throw you a bird ball so it makes the game harder. Yeah. So I just I wanted to have any other recommendations you have for games that keep the challenge level high because that's something that I feel like you can play a board game and understand it and then be bored because you kind of know the strategy. Yeah. From yeah. what I've seen so far, Gloomhaven is gonna do that. What do you guys think, Gloomhaven guys? Yeah, keeps it keeps it yeah. tight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I said, not all the way in, but yeah. Thank you. Hello. One of the drawbacks you guys mentioned to the legacy games, the regrettable decisions. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, my group when we were playing through Pandemic Season Two, we connected so much to the board already that it got to the point where we physically it was impossible to complete several of the goals, so you couldn't win. Mm. Oh, interesting. Mm. I'm curious, what are some of y'all's regrettable moments in playing through these games? <laughs> I don't feel like admitting no to any regrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a tough thing question because um, I think what makes the game interesting is that your choices had a consequence. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, you decided to rob the people you met on the road. <laughs> uh, you're not a good guy. Well, I'm, I'm not playing necessarily a good guy, so I'm cool with that. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, just change your mindset so it's no longer regret. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Justify it away. That's all you have to do. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Hello. Maybe more of an opinion? Yeah. So, like with Kickstarters, you got Tane and Grail, and then there's Madara as well. Okay. But Tane and Grail, I don't, like the day one or one, Shipping wave one and shipping wave two. Like you put all this money into it to get it for shipping wave one, but you don't get any of the Kickstarter exclusives until wave two. Mm. But then Tangrail also, here's the build. We're already working on our second legacy game before you even ship your yeah. first one. So you feel a little cheated by that? 
So it's kind of like it's a crapshoot on yeah. Kickstarter. I mean, these a lot of these people that run Kickstarters are designers. You know, they design something really cool, but they have no idea how to pay to ship it. Right. Or any of that. I'm I'm in the same boat. You know, Kickstarter is really tough. I'm a designer. I don't know anything about the logistics. So. Yeah. So it, that is the that's the downside of Kickstarter. It's a wonderful, wonderful place for designers to get their game funded, but. A lot of them just don't have the business savvy. And there are some really epic legacy, I mean, some like some epic uh, Kickstarter fails on games. I mean, oh, you sure. can read about some, some like really things that went south. Um, so, yeah, you take the good with the bad and you kind of got to think about it as, hey, I'm a supporter of, of game designers. If it doesn't go perfectly, you know, I, I took that risk with them. But the thing is, logistics for these types of games are so complex, even established yeah. companies can make big mistakes. Because, yeah, just because of how much is involved with a legacy game. It's like, the wrong card size. Like the um, Seventh Continent had a reprint, a whole bunch of cards, because the cards were the wrong size. So they, you can shell where it was a different card because it stuck out a little bit. I yeah, feel like we can do a whole, company, right? yeah, we can do a whole panel probably on a Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would go to Broken Token and get myself a sweet box. To avoid the oh, I see. Yeah. I, I don't want to avoid Broken Token. Oh, I see. It's like buy a box that has room for expansion, stuff like that. Some companies build that right in. So, you know, and look for those. Like games. City of Kings, not really a legacy game, but they offer the big box. Yes, yeah. the mm -hmm. offer box that yeah. will fit all the expansions. Nothing wrong with that. I like that. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. We have uh, time for two more questions. Okay. <laughs> it's <Hey>. you. <laughs> You're it. How, how, did, I, how did that happen? <laughs> We're going to flip the land. I'm going to take a note. So we've been playing a group of four, and we were halfway through Green Haven when half of our group dropped out. Oh, oh no. So what are your recommendations? New friends. How to fix that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> No, yeah. so how do you continue playing the game if you drop yeah. it? Um, find a couple friends that would want to take over, pick up where they left yeah, off. Yeah, or just you know? flexible friends because that are willing to yeah. take over, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and let them know, <laughs> yeah. you know, let them know those... Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. You can, because, right, characters retire, you, 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 yes, you, that's you right. one adventure ends, and you, you choose a new character to go forward with. Yeah. So, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. So I can tell a lot of people out there have had this experience and have solved it already. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, I, I mentioned yeah. it earlier. I mean, I w wish we could recommend a bunch more. There just aren't that many legacy games. I mean, you asked the question about keeping the, you know, difficulty high and the challenge up. You know, there's just not that many. So we'll make do with Gloomhaven. And before you start a game, now. know what you're getting into before you start, or, or maybe it's best not to commit to those kinds of games. So maybe, you know, yeah. make sure you got a committed group of friends. Yeah, who are shake your friends at the beginning. The Grab them by the lapels and explain what a legacy game is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. All right, last question. You guys kind of touched on this, which is uh, cooperative games and to fit the legacy format better. And I think one of the best of that is probably that over the course of a legacy game, the, the winners are stronger. And that can break a competitive game in a lot of ways. Sort of Hales and Wales. Many Hales and Wales. I feel like Risk Legacy. Which one? Risk Legacy. Risk, Risk. yeah. Really good it's important for me to The sequel has some issues with it as well. I'm curious, every kind of scene that is competitive and, and legacy has at least some mechanics. 
keep balance out the games that the winners get. I'm curious, what, are, what do you think are the best versions of that that you've seen? And uh, certainly those of you design inclinations, what, what do you think would work to solve that problem that hasn't been seen? Well, I think from, I haven't played so many of them to the completion to know how well they balance that problem. And most of the ones are cooperative games. So there's, I think Charterstone, for example, did an okay job with that in a sense of when the leader gets, well, some more victory points, everybody else is getting to unlock the ability to keep more stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a helpful catch-up mechanism. Yeah. I, is I, it balanced? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the best solution for to try to solve the problem where you have a design tree where, you know, they're taking a path one way or the other is to just play test a lot, you know, don't, tr don't trust, oh, this feels right. Because I mean, there's no way to tell unless you go through all these things yeah, and, and it's tough. That's what makes a legacy game itself really tough to design and any cooperative game because the whole party's getting better and they increase the challenge. You can either, you know, debuff everybody you know, which is not fun for anybody because they built to something and they feel proud of it. Um, or to just throw curveballs in there that change the entire environment that they're playing in. Because, you know, you'll get, a, you'll get yourself in a niche where you're, you know what the right thing to do is every time you see this kind of monster. Well, you throw something in that changes the environment that it makes, shakes it up in, into something they're not used to doing. So you got to do that a lot. Well, I'm curious, specifically about competitive games. Oh, Oh, you're asking about like yeah. catch-up mechanisms? Yeah. If you want, like seriously, I'll sit down with you right after this and we can bust out all yeah. about mechanics. Um, uh, yeah, cool. We, we, ha we have presents for you all. We up do. here at our table. We brought something for everyone because you've been such an awesome, awesome audience. <laughs> Thank you for coming. We do have pins. Um, they're nice, cool square they're ones. Squares. So they're a little different. So oh, rectangles. rectangles. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you can tear them Whatever. up, then you're the strongest <laughs> person. Yeah. No, really, you guys have been great. Thank you so much. Thank for you. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. If you'd like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes and our brand new post-show podcast, for just $3 a month, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating, a review, any kind of shout out anywhere on the internet. It really helps others find the show. Join our chat on our Discord server and happy gaming, explorers.